Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my talk about the beginner's guide for Borderlands if you're getting into it. It was a guide on what order to play in and what classes to choose, even kind of how to handle the DLC. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live, twitch.tv slash say no to rage. I'm probably live right now. Come on in. The link is below if you want to watch with us and submit questions. Thank you guys so much for enjoying the content in all the other places that I put it. Going to jump right in here to the questions with the community. Dtom, what is your favorite Borderlands game so far? It's definitely Borderlands 2. Borderlands 2 was the was the game, the first game that I know lived. Um it was the first game that I know lived. I played it the, an entire night. My wife went away on like a ladies thing. And I mean, I didn't sleep. I played as Salvador all night long. I couldn't stop. I was having so much fun. I'd never done that with a game before. I'd obviously had, you know, GoldenEye sleepovers and birthday parties with my friends where we played GoldenEye and Descent and other Nintendo 64 games like all night. No, but eventually we would pass out. This is the first time ever I was like, I cannot stop. I was just addicted. So this has always been the game I go to when people are like, what's your all-time favorite game? I'm like, well, if you don't let me pick one game per platform or console, you know, regular Nintendo, then Super Nintendo, if you make me pick one game, I always go uh, to Borderlands 2. Christ, thanks for all your hard work as far as Borderlands go. I don't think I'm slogging my way through three full campaigns. I'm really shortchanging myself by just jumping right into Borderlands 2. I mean, I, I don't know why you wouldn't. Like, are there other... You're saying slogging through. I don't think it's slogging through. Like, what are you playing right now that would keep you from doing that? If the, if the tentative and maybe potentially accidental launch date is in September... I, why would you not just slowly work your way to BL three between now and then? I, I, it, it's not coming out. I don't think it's not. I don't think it's coming out next year. But I also don't think it's coming out next month. Um, I think we've got. I think you've got some time. So, I would. I would definitely say that it's well worth to play through the order that I. I, I advocated for BL one, then the pre sequel, then BL two. And probably spend most of your time in BL2 if you're going to do replays, uh, extra playthroughs, extra characters, and then saving all the DLC for last. Saving uh, Tiny Tina's DLC for very, very, very last. I I don't know why you wouldn't do that. Unless you just are worried about franchise fatigue. I did that with Assassin's Creed. I played too many Assassin's Creed's back to back to back so if you're worried about that maybe make sure once we know a release date that you take like a couple weeks off or a month off just to kind of like cleanse your palate you know you get a little too much Borderlands um you know you might want to take a little bit of a break I definitely did that with Assassin's Creed I slept on Assassin's Creed then I played one two Brotherhood and then another one and by the time I got on the other end of Brotherhood I was like I can't take any more Assassin's Creed I'm so I'm so spent so you can definitely you know eat eat too much of the meal so then you don't have a taste for it anymore but you know it's tons of great it's so much good content I would be, I would I would be so bummed to see you at the very least not play through Borderlands 1 one playthrough and all the DLC Super Duck the order to play the series would be, in my opinion, BL, pre-sequel, BDL, Telltale, then Borderlands 2. I, I don't understand why you would have somebody play Telltale before Borderlands 2, because things happen in Borderlands 2 to characters that are then around in Borderlands 2. That would be confusing. I would not take this advice at all. Telltale at the very end, I didn't, I, I left that out of my video. I, I guess I could, I could, I could have included that. I don't, I don't. 
put Telltale high on importance right now. I didn't even think about adding that. I probably should have. I definitely would not put Telltale before Borderlands 2, just because I think it's going to be kind of confusing. Jay-Z Slayers. For someone who hasn't played BL1 and BL2, is there a story that I should know before I play BL3? I think you're going to want to know a story, yeah. Because Zero is around, uh, Tannis, Marcus, Moxie, you know, we saw we saw Lilith, we saw Maya. There's clearly something going on with Lilith and losing her tattoos and being near a vault key and the bad guys. If she dies, the weight of that's not going to land on you if you're like, who the frick's Lilith? You know, like, I don't know. I, I do think there are going to be characters. I mean, Tiny Tina's all grown up. I mean, there's all kind of things that are going to matter very little to you if you just jump right into BL3. Now, I'm not saying that me that that oh you can't enjoy the game, but it's kind of a it's a it's a character-driven game to a certain extent, right? The characters are a part of it. The voice acting, the humor, you know, the your back and forth with them, things that have happened in the world. I mean, even Tiny Tina's DLC gets kind of serious. I I don't know. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to miss out on that if I was going to jump into BL3. Gumby with the launch of Borderlands 1 Remastered version, do we know if there will be a new game on Steam, or do we just buy the Game of the Year edition and you get the update? It'll just be a free update. It'll just download. Um, <clears throat> you don't have to do anything uh, to get it. It'll just be an update that becomes available. Sasquatch. Do you think they will have a package available for the third when the remasters release? I, hel- I held off the day the trailer dropped because of so confusing info. Handsome Collection is back up to 60 on PSN now. It's ju- it's you have to re-download on so this is the way that it works. It gets kind of confusing, okay? Borderlands 1 was never on the consoles natively, Xbox 1 and PlayStation 4. It was available backwards compatible on the Xbox 1. So since Borderlands 1 was never native to those consoles, it's got to be a whole new purchase for like 30 bucks, I think. As far as the handsome collection goes, it's just a free update. You just get it. It's just going to download and bump everything up in quality. Same for people who own Game of the Year Edition on Steam. So on the PlayStation, if you already own Handsome Collection, you don't need to do anything. It'll be a free update. The only thing you have to repurchase is console Borderlands 1 only because it was never on those consoles natively. Like, they're adding it to the store, and when they add it to the store... You're getting you're getting like a an actual new it's a it's a new game essentially it's not the old game being backwards compatible. Uh, Asa Gaidas says, as someone who hasn't uh, as someone who played BL one and got bored after the first playthrough, what weapon and grinds should I pursue after the first run to keep me interested? I see I didn't do this in Borderlands one, so I can't give you a very good I can't give you a very good answer to this question. I really didn't start grinding for weapons, honestly, in Borderlands 2 uh, until until I started until I started doing the like the the, the playing with other pl- people and streamers and stuff. That was the only time I really started looking into it. Yeah, my audio is synced just fine on mobile. It's on your end. There's an issue with Chrome. Sometimes you just can't get audio to sync up. It's not on my end. 850 people would not be... They would be saying if it was bad. I just checked on mobile. Audio is totally fine. Sorry it's not working. 
it's an issue with 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 Twitch. I don't know what they did, but we get more and more complaints about audio desync. Dark Knight. What do you think the biggest turnoff was for most people in the pre-sequel? I mean, the biggest turnoff for fans of the franchise was that you couldn't farm bosses. So if a boss had a chance at dropping an item, they didn't make it farmable. There wasn't a way to like keep going back and killing the boss. It, it, that was a huge value loss for a lot of players. I think a lot of people also didn't like the quest structure. I warned people in my talk about the questing structure. It's very, very boomerang. It's not linear. It's like, go all the way over here and flip this switch. Okay, great. Now, come all the way back to me and I'm going to hand you this thing. Good, great. Now, go all the way back to where you just were, where you flipped that switch and open a door. They do that to you a lot in the pre-sequel. And it can be a little frustrating. If you play the pre-sequel co-op and it never wants you to come back to where you just were, I would leave somebody... If you run all the way across to an area and then one of you goes all the way back, it that that'll definitely help. Now, if you're feeling that in Borderlands 2, uh, Borderlands 2, as well as Borderlands 1, one of the best things you can do is grab as many missions as you can. Grab them all. And anytime you complete one, just switch to another mission. Just keep switching to the other missions. That way, you go back and turn them all kind of in at the same time. Also, as far as, like, doing, like, a cell, like, dumping your stuff, just kind of try to pay attention to where there are bending machines. They're pretty much everywhere. So you should be trying to sell what you can whenever you're near a vending machine. And if you're getting full of stuff and you're getting annoyed because you can't pick stuff up, you're probably just not making pit stops enough. And that's just kind of how these games go. You go on missions, you kind of get full of stuff, and then you have to, uh, and then you have to tune, you know, go back and dump everything. Oh, I forgot about the oxygen mechanics. I really forgot about that. Yeah, the oxygen mechanics in Borderlands, the pre-sequel, can be kind of frustrating. You can you run out of oxygen. It's a very very small amount of pain. I don't think the classes were slapdash and the skill trees were a mess. I thought there were some really, really fun builds for Wilhelm and Claptrap. I didn't play as Athena or the Sheriff. I didn't play as them. So, Dark Knight, do you think there's a chance of offline play outside of story co-op? They've always had offline play. Um, Oh, a chance of online play outside of story co-op. I misread your question. Uh, outside of Story Cup, probably not. No, it's not a PvP game. It just isn't. It's just just not what they built. It's just not. It's just not what they built. Um, T. Michael Jr. Ten hours into Borderlands One, playing as Lilith. My question is, what in the world am I actually doing when I activate her super? It's called phase walking. So, sirens have the ability to do things both uh, with like telekinesis, moving things with their mind, as well as like teleportation, disappearing, uh, massive explosions. And so she's phase walking. She be- she becomes invisible uh, and she can come back out of phase walking and cause a massive explosion. That's one of her builds. That's not too bad. Uh, it's also an opportunity for her to heal uh, and to kind of recuperate. So phase abilities are, are synonymous with sirens. So there's phase lock, 
which is what Maya does. There's phase walk. And then the new siren looks like she has like a phase slam. She gets the, all the fists and then looks like she can kind of slam the ground. Uh, so that's what you're doing. <laughs> um, G Inks says, if a player likes the Division 2 and Destiny 2, could you recommend the Borderlands series? If you like chasing loot, this is the game that started it all. I don't know why you would avoid it. Uh, Jack's body double. Yeah, Jack's doppelganger was pretty good. I just felt like Wilhelm and Claptrap were, I, I think, a little bit more accessible. Maybe I'm forgetting how good doppelganger was. I did play as him near the end whenever my wife and I were playing through. Limited Infamy. Where do you rank Krieg and Gage in your character list rankings? I would avoid Gage because she's ki- she's kind of there to be like... If your friend or your brother or your significant other really isn't into these games and you want to give them kind of an easy an easy button character, Gage is kind of designed that way. Uh, Krieg is amazing, but you have to like melee characters. He's, he's humorous, he's wild, he's really strong, but you have to like melee characters. He's very headstrong. He's got to kind of run into battle and stuff. Um, OMG, I started with Gage. What is life? Wiping and restarting. I think Gage is very, very fun and very, very strong. I just, I don't know. Um, Pre-nerf Anarchy Gage. Yeah, I don't, I just don't know where she stands now. I remember, I remember people having issues with, if you get into the later playthroughs and stuff, her, her death trap is really weak and things like that. I just, I feel like Maya is a better, Maya and Salvador are better. But I mean, again, if you're having fun, don't listen to me. Um, I played a lot with Gage and I totally regretted it by the end. She just gets kind of she just gets kind of rough in the end game. She's really fun in the early game. She's a lot like Axton in that way. Doodly, do you recommend a new player start with any of the DLC Vault Hunters, or should they start with one of the original four? Um, well, they didn't do new Vault Hunters in BL one, but in the pre sequel, you could start with Handsome Jack. I forgot that he was DLC. And then there was the Baroness. The Baroness is really drawn back. Like, a lot of her strength comes from hanging back with snipers. So if you're playing co-op, the Baroness is good for that. Uh, in Borderlands 2, they added Krieg and, and Gage. Again, I just kind of talked about those two characters and gave you uh, advice on how to play them if you're going to play them. Evo, do you think they will go with a live service in Borderlands 3 with all the games doing it nowadays? I don't think so. I, I don't think they need to. I don't think they need to. Four players, linear story that can be replayed, loot's dropping, the replay value's there, multiple character playthroughs is there. If they want to do a seasonal Rift-style thing like Diablo does, they can do that with vaults, and then that's their way of extending playtime. But there doesn't need to be a game-as-service to do that. Uh, Itchy Monkey. Did you see the leak about Borderlands 3 being Epic Games Store exclusive? People get so upset about this, and I don't know why they get upset at developers making more money per purchase because Epic gives them better revenue share. There is a cross-play architecture already built into the Epic store, so if they pull off cross-play, that'd be the way they do it. So, again, there's not a lot of other store options on PC. There's Steam and, like, one or two others that aren't nearly as big. So... People being bothered by that, I, I just don't know. I just get over it. I guess it's not that big of a deal. Uh, LeBron, is it worth, is it worth it to buy BL two on PC right now? What version should I get? Well, in a couple of days, you're getting the upgraded version. So just get like the handsome collection. Just get 
all the games. You don't get Borderlands 1. You get all the game, both games and both DLCs, pre-sequel and Borderlands 2. Bonus Rooster Jr. Did you uh, did you really not hold the pre-sequel Claptrap DLC in high regards? I actually think uh, it is just as good as Tiny Tina's and the final boss is loads of fun. I think you should go replay it. I genuinely think you'll enjoy it. Well, I did play it and I loved it. I loved the early part of it. It was so good. But the bosses were awful. I, to this day, have people comment on my video where I talk about how bad the boss is. And even today, they're like, I hate this boss. It's so rage-inducing. I, you know, it's so poorly designed. I, I don't, I don't think I need to go back. I, I, I guess I will when I replay with my wife, and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll make our assessment then. Basser, do you think Borderlands Three should up the orange loot drop rate? I remember I finished the whole story in one or two, without orange loot. Oh, with one or two orange loots in Borderlands Two. I mean, I don't know how they're structuring the loot, so I'm not going to comment on how they should do this. Uh, I think once you get into the real, real late game grinds, drop rates are usually not terrible. You just have to grind the boss. Um, But, you know, it's just too early to say. Lloyd Christmas says, I love the Borderlands series, but I'm not up on where to find all the special drops that certain bosses and enemies can drop. Where can I go to get the lowdown on what to do, where to go, who to kill? Always have been lost when farming for loot drops. Um, I You could probably just look up a Borderlands weapon farming guide for whichever one that you're on. Uh, whichever, whichever Borderlands you're playing. Now, if you're like... If you're looking to say, okay, what does each boss drop... Uh, that's I, that's a question that I don't even know if has an answer. I don't know if every single boss has an item that they drop. I could be wrong on this for Borderlands 1 and 2. There could be some bosses that don't have specific drops. Because um, like I feel like Terramorphous always drops the, his exotic class mod, but then he can also drop a high, a high drop rate chance of... We're calling them exotics. I think they're called legendaries. Um, yeah, legendary class mods. The orange ones are legendaries. It's a guaranteed legendary class mod, but it's the Terramorphous one. It's not that great. It's okay. And then he also has a high drop rate of just legendaries in general. Uh, Well, not a high drop rate, but like a higher drop rate than other things. So you'd probably want to just look up a guide. You know, if you're playing Borderlands 1 or 2, just look up that guide. Like, what's the legendary farming, you know, guide for Borderlands 1? And keep in mind, you're leveling up really fast. So if you're like level 15 in Borderlands 1 and you're farming some boss for an item, you're going to leave that behind pretty quickly. You're going to get, you know, you're going to get to level 20 and be like, I can't believe I wasted 5 hours or however many hours grinding for that item. Grinding for the items typically comes in once you're max level, once you're um you know, once you're unless you're doing the hunt where you're trying to get points in a contest which is like a completely outside of game thing uh j2j squared what does the content loop of borderlands game look like once you get to the end game i'm used to destiny and the division i mean a lot of what you do in borderlands is completely up to you if if you're like let's say you're level 40 and you just feel like kind of grinding for some weapons. You're like, well, I'm level 40. We're about to go do some content. I feel like getting some better gear. You could go to some of the farming spots where you know there's a chance for the, you know, the B shield to drop or 
the unpenetrated, the, 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 the unkept herald, things like this. Uh, you could go and farm those bosses. Those bosses just keep spawning. Uh, there is a, um, there's a grenade that can drop from, uh, boom, boom. You know, you just keep farming the boom, boom boss over and over and over and over again. And so, but you, you're, you're kind of doing that knowing that the stuff you're getting is eventually going to get left behind. But if you know you're about to go into an area that maybe is harder or a boss fight or you want to jump out, jump into a DLC and you want to make yourself a little bit stronger, you could farm for some of those things. Now, you could do what a lot of people do is they play through the game linearly once, then a second time, then a third time. Then, once they're completely maxed out, they're max level 72, so anything that drops is level 72. I'm talking Borderlands 2 right now. Then they start farming for the best gear. They go get a double penetrating uh, unkept herald, commonly referred to as a dupa. Uh, it's very nice. It's double penetrating, which means it shoots like two uh, two shots at the same time. It's really really strong. Nothing um, resists explosive damage, so it's an explosive weapon. A lot of lot of guns you get with like fire damage or electric damage. There, you'll run into enemies that resist those things. Uh, acid is another one, and so that's why the dupa was so strong. Then once they get a bunch of the gear that they think is the absolute best, they could go farm a raid boss because then the raid boss might have something that's really, really good, like a high likelihood of dropping a, a legendary class mod. Or once you get into some of the DLCs like the pirate DLCs and there's Seraph bosses, the Seraph bosses can drop these pink crystals. The pink crystals can be used to buy Seraph weapons and Seraph weapons are really, really good. There was a really good SMG that did both slag and electric damage at the same time that could be purchased with Seraph Crystals. Um, So a lot of it just comes down to what you want to do as a player. Do you want to beef up before doing a DLC? Do you want to beef up before farming a raid boss? You know, what is it that you're going after? And a lot of the reasons that you're farming a particular boss may be collectivism, like I just want to get everything, or it could be I want to be as strong as possible before venturing into, you know, whatever new content that you're, you're about to start unknown Rick do you think sliding is going to be gameplay mechanic would you like it I mean it looks like it's in the one uh, it looks like it's in the one video so yeah it looks like they're going to be doing something with it I don't know how game changing it'll be Pharaoh do you think they're going to keep the shift key codes and what are your thoughts on that system it's just fun. It, you know, a lot of the stuff you get is, it's it's just an injection of like, ooh, you know, this is some pretty good stuff. And if not, you can sell it. It's not meant to be like, it doesn't hurt the game, I don't think. It's just something cool to like get excited, check for shift codes. It's probably good for player engagement because it makes people boot the game up because they want to put in their shift code. Well, now that they've got their game booted up, why not play for a little bit? Why not run a couple missions or go farm for something? Um, I don't have a problem with it. I, I know I know people sometimes don't like when like games give stuff away, but I, a lot of the times I would open up that gold key, that gold shift box, and I'd get nothing but trash. So it's not, it's not that big of a deal, I don't think. Um, and then when you do get something cool, it's dope. This is what I did. I use it as a reward. 
So every five levels, I would open the chest a couple of times. Because I'm like, okay, now that I'm 15, I haven't opened the box since level 10. Let me crack it open a few times. I might replace a few things, maybe get a, maybe get a stronger shield, maybe get a stronger grenade, and replace some stuff. And then, since I just did it at 15, I won't open it again until level 20. Just something fun to do, you know... Every cup, every every couple of level levels, every couple intervals, a nice way to pad some of your your loot to replace some things. I am you are media. Do you think Borderlands Three will be an Epic Game Store exclusive? We already had this question. That there's a rumor that it is. It doesn't bother me if it is. It doesn't. Um, Empire Tech, thank you for two months of subs. So. This is going to be the last question. This will be a shorter Q&A. That's totally fine. But if you guys want to submit more questions, you're going to want to do it in the next like minute or so as I'm answering this last question. Dark Knight, what is your favorite weapon in all the Borderlands games? In all the Borderlands games? Uh, I'd, pr- I'd probably have to go with the shotgun that shoots the sword just because I thought it was really, really cool. Um, I-, I thought it was a neat... I thought it was a neat weapon. It was a unique weapon. It was very, very Borderlands-esque. Uh, I thought it was I thought it was sweet. Outside of that, I love submachine guns in the game. I love the submachine guns from Malawan. That the di- like the spinning disc clip is like did it is like spinning and you reload it and you like do the little spinning animation. I love the reload animation on some of them where you like you 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 pop it out, you push it in, and you slide the button forward. The reload animations on the submachine guns is so so cool there's a submachine gun that has the two clips on the bottom uh that is slag that's like really really good i forget the name of it now it's escaping me um self and thank you for two months a lot of people like the hellfire because the hellfire actually was in bl1 uh and bl2 so hellfire was very very popular um in in in, in the loophole the loophole oh it's just called the slagger was it just called the Slagger? Those bandit weapons are cool. Oh, the Slagger. That's right. That's the because it, it's a bandit weapon, so they misspell it. Because the bandit weapons always have the two clips. You're like, kush, kush. you hit the buttons on the side, and the clips fall out, and then you smack in the two clips. I love that. Um, one of the reasons I like some of the SMGs is the lighting. You know, you're like, and then you you reload it, and the lights like kind of like flash and like come back live. I always thought that was dope. Um, so th- that's why I'm excited when I see you know a lot of these weapons in the trailer. My biggest hope is that they're 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 useful. I think so- some of the problem is like all the Torg weapons they feel so cool during the early playthrough, but when you get into the end game or extra playthroughs and you really need to maximize damage, a lot of those Torg weapons weren't that useful. And I remember loving them when I was playing through. That's always a little bit of like a, a feeling of being like a, a disillusionment. It's like all oh, these weapons are so great. And then you get to the end game and you're like, they're not great. They're bad. I need to have slag. I need to have, the, you know, a dupa. The, you know, the enemies just become really, really tanky. So that's just one of my my pieces of feedback and concerns is you make all these dope guns. I would love for them to stay dope even in the end game, which I know is difficult. You always end up with weapons that are going to outshine others. This is where you have to have proper pain points in place. 
what I think one of the mistakes they made in Borderlands 2 was explosion damage is is not resistible. So the natural pain point of being like, oh, these enemies are sensitive to acid. These enemies are sensitive to fire. These guys are sensitive to electricity. So you're switching weapons according to where you're going and what they're sensitive to or what they what they resist. So like using fire damage on robots, it doesn't do anything. Using acid on electric shields and stuff, it doesn't do anything. It would be really, really good if there was more of a sense of I need to have a diverse loadout because I'm going to be facing a variety of enemies and I got to use my electricity, my fire, my acid, uh, my explosive damage. Like, I don't think explosive damage should be as effective on highly armored enemies. Like, they should they should resist the explosion. It's kind of like they're tanky, so they're tanking the explosions and then you kind of want to use acid on them just to create more more natural balance and intrinsic balance to the weapon system so whenever you go to pull out your explosive gun you know oh gosh this is a big robot this is a big you know metal mini boss or a metal you know a metal boss that I think is is key to me that's key in in making it so you don't have those runaway items those uh, those runaway items, I feel like a lot of the times they're runaway items because especially in uh, especially in Destiny is because nothing can match them, and you kind of have that. I, I feel like you do. You have that in Borderlands with the nothing can resist explosive damage. So Midrin, uh, thank you so much for four months of subs. Welcome back, Pharaoh. Did you like the slag element? And would you want it brought forward in Borderlands 3? No, this is, I think, a consistent enough ex- uh, piece of feedback from the community. Uh, this is a consistent piece of feedback from the community that I highly doubt they will be um, they will be doing it again. Slag became almost necessary uh, in the late game, and it became um, it became it became uh, I think a pain point and a frustration in the community. Uh, because I, th- I just feel like it was like, if you don't have slag, you can't do enough damage. So what it should be is kind of what I said. Okay, here come the armored guys. This is my best acid weapon. Here come the electric guys. They have these electric shields. I got to shoot them with electricity to take their shields off. So you have your weapon arsenal that is there to sort of meet those pain points. I think that's an, that that is super super needed in order for it to feel like it's dynamic. You know, your weapon pursuits your your weapon pursuits need to have footing. And I feel like that's where the raid bosses kind of came in. They had the um they had the uh, what was it the, the 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 tiny Tina's tiny Tina's raid boss was the the four dragons. And I felt like that was kind of their attempt to say, okay, here's four dragons, and you have to fight them in a certain order. Certain ones are more susceptible to certain things. Well, it was it, at that point, slag slag was too prominent in 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 the in the world. It was too prominent. You had to you had to use slag because everything was so strong. If you didn't use slag, you felt like you were nerfing yourself. So it be. 
it be, it felt like it became a necessity even though they tried to be like here's a fire dragon here's an acid dragon here's an electric dragon here's a slag dragon they tried to do that in that fight but it just didn't work so I would love to see them think about that, like hard end game content, boss encounters, boss rooms, working your way through a boss. If they do raids that aren't just a raid boss, but actually you kind of have to work your way to the raid boss itself. I would love it to, I would love it to be set up in that way. Here comes a wave of enemies that are susceptible to acid, but they resist your explosive damage and so forth. What, if they're susceptible to something, they should resist something else. Does that make sense? So if they're susceptible to acid, they should resist explosions. If they're susceptible to explosions, they should resist acid or something like that. It doesn't have to be perfectly logical, right? If they're susceptible to explosions, then, you know, maybe they don't resist acid. But if they're susceptible to explosions, maybe they resist fire, right? So they're 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 made from something. Yeah, they're they're a fire enemy, right? A fire enemy should be really susceptible to explosions because the explosions are going to hit the fire and cause bigger explosions and then they take more damage. But because they're on fire, they resist fire, right? If they have a shield on, they're they're sensitive to electricity, but that shield should have heavy resistance to fire, acid, and explosions. They should always do that. Like Everybody should have a weakness while resisting the other things so you don't have this overarching you know, damage structure. I, I, we should probably do a talk about that, like Borderlands 3, like, um, should slag return, and then one of my bullet points should be, uh, every weakness should also resist others. That way I can kind of remember that point that I'm making. I think that's a really good point that we need to make is that there shouldn't be a one-size-fits-all damage element and both explosive damage and slag became that in Borderlands 2 creates one-dimensional builds, one-dimensional damage structures in the late game of Borderlands 2, which I think is unfortunate. Stevie Ray Blake with 13 months, welcome back. So if you guys are here live right now and you enjoyed this segment, I will continue to do these segments in Borderlands. It's my favorite franchise. If you liked it, click the follow button. That's the little heart button. I do this in Destiny, Anthem, Division, and now Borderlands. It's something I like to do for you, the viewer. It's like an interactive radio show. You're getting something for your time. You you can listen to this. You can interact with this. Uh, It's a really good time. As with all of my content, if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, I appreciate you listening in those places. You can always tune in live. Use the links below, twitch.tv slash say no to to rage as with all of my content appreciate listening and watching please like share and subscribe